Witness protection can't erase his past. This is Nailgun Messiah, the first book in the Micah Reed series. One novel, read to you a chapter at a time. Join us each week for a new installment of the story and get the book at jimheskett.com forward slash nailgun podcast. And now, the host and author, Jim Heskett. Hey friends, welcome to the show. Um, I'm glad you're here. I hope you're glad you're here. And uh, this is the Nailgun Messiah podcast, and I'm Jim Heskett, your host and author and narrator. If this is your first time to the show, let me say um, you're doing it wrong, because this podcast is reading an entire novel over the course of 30, 35 episodes in uh, chunks and installments like a serial, so you really don't want to pick up in the middle of the story. I mean, we're not in the middle, you know, we're only like three chapters in, but you don't want to pick up in the middle of the story because that would just be messed up, and you'd be having to play catch-up, and it would be like trying to watch Game of Thrones starting on season three or whatever. Um, you know, it just wouldn't work. So please go back to the first episode and listen all the way through. Trust me, you'll like it better. I like you better. Everyone will be happier in general if you do it the right way. Now, I feel like I'm being um, kind of bossy, so I guess I should amend that by saying, you know, I really can't tell you what to do. You're going to live your life the way you want, and uh, it's not my business how you consume your podcasts. That being said, I think I should probably stop rambling, and we should get into our reading. Um, so I know this episode came out just after the last one, so I'm not going to do a recap here, but we'll just go ahead and get into it, Okay. All right, guys, here we go. Micah wrapped a hand around his throbbing jaw. He didn't remember his sister having such a powerful arm, but damn, she'd laid a smack on him harder than half the hits he'd ever taken in the boxing ring. The McBriars had always been a feisty lot, something he hadn't considered much in the last couple years. Memories as unexercised muscles. The world of backyard football games with hot dogs in the grill and beer in coolers had felt far away for a long time now. Micah took in the accumulation of a decade of seething on Magda's face. He'd grown so accustomed to her anger it had seemed normal. Why are you here? Before Micah could respond, a woman's voice said, Magdalene, where are you? Without taking her pointed eyes from Micah, Magda said, Over here, Lila, we have a guest. Twigs on the ground crunched. From the thicket of trees emerged a woman with a shaved head. No cap in the cold weather, and a hint of heat rose to blur the air above her scalp. Tall, at least six feet, maybe thirty or thirty-five years old. She had model-high cheekbones and arched eyebrows, a strong jaw that was still feminine. She might have been beautiful were it not for the scowl on her face. This is private property, the woman, presumably Lila, said stomping through the snow, dodging trees to get to him. No, Magda said. It's okay. This is my brother. Before Magda could out him as being Michael, he shot out a hand to shake and said, Micah. Magda cocked her head and stared at him with flared nostrils, but Micah ignored her questioning look. The last time they'd seen each other, he'd been Michael McBriar, before the trial, before witness protection. Lila observed his extended hand but didn't offer her own. Breakfast is all gone, but we have coffee inside if you want it. 
Lila tossed a look at Magda, then spun and disappeared into the trees. She's a cheery sort, right? Micah said. Magda swished her lips back and forth. Why did you tell her your name is Micah? Because it is now. Micah Reed. He could see the realization settle over her face. Her eyebrows shot a half inch up her forehead and her mouth creaked open. Little tendrils of steam leaked out as she breathed. Her lower lip fluttered. You selfish asshole. I deserve that. Yes, you do. That's where you went after you got arrested. The government hid you and gave you that whole witness custody thing. He nodded, impressed that she'd put it together so quickly. Magda had always been the smart one. We all thought you were dead, Michael. Micah. You have to call me Micah. That other person doesn't exist anymore. Do mom and dad know? He shook his head. They don't, and they can't. I shouldn't even be here, really. Her face hardened. Then why are you here? I need a place to stay for a few days, a week, tops. She crossed her arms. Because you're in trouble, right? It's not like it used to be, Mags. I'm, I'm sober now, and it's a different kind of trouble. It's, it's not my fault. She wasn't buying it. Why should she? How many times had Micah lied to his parents and his brother and sister, acting as if he was going to suddenly straighten up and stop causing trouble? She didn't respond to his comments, just collected the branches she dropped. Then she jerked her head into the trees. You can park in front of the house, but don't block the driveway. She didn't give him a chance to say anything before she strode away, so he hopped in his car and crept along the snowy path through the trees. Around the bend, Nestled in a small clearing with a thicket of trees all around and steep foothills behind stood a massive house, like a log cabin on steroids, but dark and a bit creepy. Had to be at least five or six bedrooms, part stone and part wood. Magda stood on the wooden porch out front, waiting for him. He parked and held out his hands to help with the firewood, but she shook her head. Who is that woman? Micah said. Lila. She runs the house. Runs it? She leaned in close. Listen to me, Micah, or whatever you're calling yourself. I have a good thing living here. If Lila decides you can stay, then you can stay. But if you screw this up for me, you can go right back to being disappeared. You hear me? Yes. Now, you wait here while I go explain to her what you want. She dropped the bundle of wood on the front porch and disappeared into the house, leaving Micah alone in the ankle-deep snow. He caught a glimpse of something out of the corner of his eye and squinted at a window on the second floor. A young woman with long, curly blonde hair looked down at him. She raised a hand in a half-hearted wave and Micah smiled back at her. The window curtain closed. This was all happening so fast, Micah didn't know what to think of it. He would have preferred to take Magda out to coffee to explain what his life had been like the last couple of years. The end of his time with the Sinaloa cartel his arrest, the trial, prison time, then becoming someone else to move to Denver. But she seemed much more interested in what this giantess Lila had to say about him. He wanted to tell her how good it was to see her, even if she couldn't stand him. How that a link to anything positive from his old life was like a window in a dark room. A couple minutes later, Magda creaked open the massive front door and waved him in. Did she say yes? Micah said. She wants to talk to you first. He entered the house, which felt much like walking into an old person's home. Furniture made from darkly varnished wood. A big fire raged in a stone fireplace in a den to the left. A set of carpeted stairs disappeared up to the right, 
with shelves of knickknacks and assorted little things fitting all the wall space. Like a bed and breakfast except without a fat cat lounging in front of the fire. Magda pointed to the den and Micah followed her finger to see Lila sitting in an ornate chair with a high back, the kind of giant thing a queen would require. A tall, ticking grandfather clock behind her, mesmerizing pendulum swinging back and forth. Lila pointed at the floor a few feet away from the chair. Sit. Micah did as he was told, trying not to wince at the pain of his leg injury. The rug beneath his butt felt cold. As he sat, Lila began an interrogation. You're Magda's brother. Yes. Older or younger? Older. Two years. So that makes you 29. You had to do the math for a quick second. Birthday wasn't too far away. Correct. Were you raised Catholic like her? This line of questioning was odd, but Micah played along. I was, yes. Do you still practice it? Not really, not since I was a teenager. Lila chewed on this for a minute. And what do you believe now? Micah tried to get Magda's attention, but she was standing at the edge of the den with her eyes on the floor. He could have explained AA's non-religious spiritual program, but he didn't want to delve into all the details of his complicated relationship with his higher power, since most people didn't understand how AA was not actually a religion. I guess you could say I'm more spiritual. She nodded and leaned forward, and the perpetual scowl on her face took on a serious quality. Whatever was about to come next, she wanted his full attention. Tell me your truth. He didn't know what to say to that, and Magda's eyes were still on the floor. A few smart-ass options sprang to mind, but Magda's warning about how they'd be done forever if he messed this up played on a loop in his head. Instead, he said the first honest thing that came to mind. A couple years ago, I was drinking myself to death. I got sober, and now I need to repair all the things I've done wrong. I need to be a better person. Lila sat back and tented her hands, appearing sated with his answer. There's no drinking in this house. No drugs. That's not a problem. There are other rules, she said, and you will learn them soon. But Magda will help you get settled. I don't normally allow that, but I'll make an exception this time. Allow it, he thought? Magda seemed surprised, but she hopped to action, waving Micah upstairs. He tried to put a hand on her back to guide her up the stairs, but she flinched away from his touch and she shot a look at Lila who narrowed her eyes in response. What's going on here? Micah followed her up the creaking stairs. You can stay in Eagle's room for now, she said. He usually sleeps on the couch when he's in town anyway, which isn't often these days. Eagle? I think he's Cherokee or maybe Navajo, she said as she ushered him along a dark hallway toward the end. One door was cracked and Micah caught a blue eye peering at him through a tiny slit into the room. A lock of curly blonde hair dangled below that eye. The same girl who'd been checking him out from the upstairs window. Magda led him into a small room at the end with a single bed, a dresser, a table, and a lamp. Cold and wooden floorboards underneath. The window looked out on the snowy hill behind the house. This is... bare, he said. We all have something like it. When everyone is home, we're all usually in the den or in the kitchen anyway. How many people live here? Well, she said, there's me and Lila, Rodney, Hannah and Garrett, and sometimes Eagle, for now. One of ours is coming home soon, too. One of ours? 
Magda, what is going on here? Why is everything so vague and weird? She shrugged. I don't know what you mean. They looked at each other without speaking for a moment. The corners of her mouth pulled down. Then the tears came. I really thought you were dead, she said. I know. I'm, I'm so sorry. He held out his arms to hug her, but she hesitated. Then as the tears reached her chin, she folded into his arms, and he embraced his sister for the second time today. But the hug only lasted for three seconds, because footsteps came to a stop outside the room's open door. Magdalene! Lila shouted. Magda gasped and pushed Micah back. Lila stomped into the room, brushing him aside. She raised her hand, and Micah made a motion to stop her, but before he could, Lila smacked Magda aside her head with a closed fist. If he'd been thinking clearly, he would have snatched Lila's open hand, bent her wrist behind her back, and used the leverage to force her up against the wall, applied some pressure to break her arm. But Micah was too shocked to do anything. Magda cowered, but Lila smacked her again, this time knocking her to the floor. What the hell, Micah said, his senses returning. You can't hit my sister. Magda looked up at him, the side of her face already red and starting to swell. She vehemently shook her head at him. Lila spun on her heels and glared. I said there were other rules. You don't know them yet, so you are forgiven this time. Magdalene knows better, though. Men do not touch women in this house, and they don't speak with each other unless there's a good reason. But she's my sister. Lila straightened up, flexing her hand. Do not let this happen again. And with that, she stormed out of the room. All right, everybody, that is our reading for this week. It's getting exciting, right? Uh, there's mysteries everywhere. Who are these people? Why is Magda here? Who is this Lila woman? Who is this eagle guy? Why does he have such a weird name? Who is the blonde woman um, looking at Micah through the, um, through the door? What are these other, who are these other people that are mentioned? What's going on in this house? It's starting to peek up. Right? I'll stop talking up the story. I know that's probably, I'm overselling it. And uh, I'll let you guys go. I know you got a lot to get to today, so I appreciate you spending your time with me, and I will see you next time. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's installment of Nailgun Messiah. Be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes and tell your friends about it. Don't deprive them of this show go to www.jimheskit.com forward slash nailgunpodcast for information and we'll see you next week.